everyone and welcome to the Athletic Studio podcast. You are joined by myself, Kate Oman. And Gordon Jomini Vong. And today's episode is about perfecting your nutrition and training plan. We're going to talk all things about self-assessment basically and seeing what you should be doing for both your nutrition and training to get your maximal results. We'll also be chatting to Plateau and how we kind of move through this and yeah, getting to you, getting yeah. you exactly where you want to be, basically. Yeah, we're giving you some of the secrets. We're giving some secrets away because not we know that not everyone has access to a coach, group training, personal trainer. Yeah. So I think it's a good idea to okay, how give you some insight around how you can best set up your nutrition and training plan. You know the way like we might do things here mm-hmm. at Athletic Studio. Yeah. And that way you can start moving in the right direction with your own nutrition and training. Spilling the tea. We might have to. We're going to have to. If we're going to get up, you know, to number one on the podcast charts, this is what we're going to have to do. So first point is just understanding basically if you can do it long term. So I know a lot of people go a bullet at a gate, right, and they want to train five days a week. They want to make sure their nutrition's on point and perfect, but we first of all have to be realistic with ourselves. And if we're training, say, three days a week at the moment and wanting to push that, to maybe even six days a week, is that realistic? And how long will this be until you fall off the wagon? So that's what we want to kind of chat through to start with. Gordon, what is your best advice here? Well, you want to set yourself up for success. So the minimum expectation to improve your body composition, weight loss, get back into health and fitness, you want to aim for a minimum of two and a half to three sessions, Mm. bare-ass minimum. If you can't do two sessions, okay, that's great. Like you're going to see some health benefits, but you're not going to get like the super body transformation after six to 12 months. Yeah. Unless you've got 20, 30, 40 kilos to lose. Of body fat, right? Of body fat. Yeah. But in terms of creating a physique that is a well-balanced, you know, muscular physique, which a lot of our clients come to us wanting to look quote unquote toned. Yeah. That's what we suggest, three to four training sessions a week. Three, four, five, six. If you can do a minimum of, th- of three, then mm. it all really depends on personal preference because some people will be super busy with like work if they've got you know other priorities. And then you have some people that just love training mm. and for them not to go to the gym, it's actually, it's bad for them because yeah. then they don't know how to replace their time. Yeah, true. Yeah. So then it comes back down to knowing how to program for, you know, either the three, four, five or six days. Yep. Absolutely. And a lot of this is obviously down to nutrition as well and setting these expectations and making sure they're in alliance with your goals. So in terms of someone looking for a fat loss goal, there are some specific things that we can put in place to make sure we reach it. Now, we all hear about calories in and calories out and we, you know, it can sound a little bit confusing from time to time. So the first step in creating your perfect plan will be obviously addressing your nutrition and realizing your goal. So whether you've got a fat loss goal, a muscle building goal, or even a maintenance goal, that's still obviously a thing. When we chat through fat loss, we know that it's an energy balance scenario. So we've got to be burning 
more energy than we're intaking basically. So we've addressed our training. We're going to make sure that our training's on point. So we just chatted to, but fat loss is, it can be challenging. So what we're looking for is first of all, consistency over time and making sure that the plan that we're setting for ourselves is something that we can execute. So I wouldn't go slashing calories from say you're eating 2000 at the moment and going to 1200. That's not a sustainable way to go about it. And we've got to make sure that we take our health measures into consideration as well. So my best advice, if you know your maintenance calories, that's fantastic. There are some online calculators out there like TDEE online to find these relative or close to maintenance calories. So maintenance will be where you literally basically your most homeostasis point, right? So you're just chilling. You're not either increasing body weight nor decreasing. So you're maintaining your body weight and your fat and muscle basically. So from here, we want to, as just a easy way to go about it, is remove 500 calories per day to put yourself in that energy deficit. Now, we don't necessarily have to put more exercise in at this point. So we've got our training down pat. The nutrition will take care of a lot of the fat loss itself. So we go for this 500 calorie deficit, making sure, as we chatted to in our previous episode, that protein is super high. We want to make sure that we're eating a sufficient amount of protein to maintain our muscle mass. Because when we go into a fat loss phase, it's really easy for our body to actually use the energy of our muscles. So the reason why we resistance train is to stimulate your muscles to maintain the mass there. And the reason why we eat protein is to either maintain or build this muscle mass, creating that tone. So we've got a 500 calorie deficit. We're going to go for our protein at two grams per kilo of body weight. If you're 100 kilos, that's 200 grams of protein per day. Now, there are plenty of apps out there, such as like MyFitnessPal. There's, what are the other ones called? There's another one out. MyMacros Plus. Yeah, things like that. So there are plenty of ways to track this and it's a bit of trial and error, but they're your true main point. So it's calories to make sure you're in a deficit and protein as your priority macronutrient. In terms of your ratios for fats and carbs, so usually for a female, I'd recommend, say she was 60 kilos, any grams of protein because that's true grams per kilo of body weight and 60 grams of fats to start with because, you know, fats are an important micronutrient, especially for hormonal health. If we go too fats, too low on the fat, sorry, we might find that we're dipping with our energy and our mood. So the rest of the calories can be made up with carbohydrates. That's for just our general population human, right? So if we were to look at someone that is training a lot, like an athlete or someone's training five days a week, it's very cardio intense training, we would suggest probably having higher carbohydrates. So you might need to pull a little bit from the protein or the fats, wherever that may be. So that's the fat loss side of things. That's what we can implement there. Onto the muscle gain. It's basically a bit of the opposite. So when we are looking at calories, we want to, we could probably start conservative, start at a 300 calorie increase just off your, off of your maintenance. We can always push to 500 and beyond later. Um, but we want to be 
obviously a little bit more conservative to start with because it's easy to, in a muscle gaining process, to gain body fat quickly if we're eating too much. So to keep it as body composition focused as possible, we'll start with, let's just say that 300 cal surplus. We want to be making sure that we're hitting bare minimum of two grams per kilo of body weight. We can even go 2.2. So yeah, again, I'd say you could get away with a gram of fat per kilo of body weight as well. So again, if we um, go back to that female example, it's the, that'd be probably 120 to 140 grams of protein, maybe even 130 minimum of 60 grams of fats. You've got more wiggle room now. So you could even increase that for sure, given on how you feel and what your training's like. If your training's that resistance focused, then you might bring the carbohydrates down. Just basically going a lot with a lot of this is it's a bit of trial and error. You might try something for a week, your carbs might be lower, but you might need to change this as you might feel like you need a bit more energy for your training sessions or you want to um, pre-carb load before these sessions or whatever it may be. So they are basically the rules of thumb both in a fat loss and muscle gain phase. But the best way to do things is to be as accurate as possible and using apps such as MyFitnessPal will help. Um, it's all a bit sporadic. Same, yeah, with the um, muscle building phase. And people often just go for the fatty fast foods because I'm on a bulk, right? We want to probably preface it more so as a build and to, yeah, still be super aligned. Like I think a fat loss phase and a muscle building phase is just as important. A lot of people put probably more emphasis on the fat loss because I think it's more important. But the training and the nutrition aspect of a muscle building phase is just as important. Yeah, you want to be paying attention to detail to both sides. I mean, you know, when people come into athletic studio and they don't want to count their calories or mm. their macros, you know, what they don't realize is that us as the trainers are doing it for them. Mm. It, whereas if you're if you are doing it on your own, then yes, there is yeah, there does need to be a little bit of effort to make sure that you know where your numbers are at. I think you mentioned about testing. I think that's very important to actually finding like your correct baseline calories too, because mm. you might put in your your weights, your exercise frequency, you know, into a, a baseline calorie calculator, and that will shoot out a number, and you'll stick to that. But maybe that first week, you know, you actually lose, right? So yeah. it's actually not your true baseline. Yeah. Then you got to add food. And that's not a, a good or bad thing. It's just more you just got to, you're finding out like what's, yeah. what, what that correct number is for you. Definitely. And that's just part of the process. I think yeah. trial and error and just everyone is so different. So, and especially like a calculator, it's not going to tell you, like it doesn't know your body, right? Your body responds to things differently. So yeah, trial and error for sure is yeah. a bit of the process. Yeah. But if you, do take the steps and apply Kate's, you know, metrics and numbers that she's given you, you're going to be starting off on a very good basis straight away. Yeah, absolutely. You can make some incredible results just from implementing that and then adjusting as you go. So the next step into developing your perfect plan will be like your actual training program. So with your training program, you obviously want to establish your first goal, whether that's going to be a fitness building, a fat loss phase, or it could be a muscle building phase, depending on where you're at too. Now, what we like to do is we just like to keep things very simple and basic. So depending on how many days that you train per week, where it's three days, four days, five days, or six days, if you're a beginner, you want to start with, let's say, 15 sets per muscle group. That's 
if you're doing like 15 sets, that will be, and you're doing, let's say, three sets of every exercise, that will be how many exercises, Kate? Four to six. Four to six. Oh, well, that's six would be on the high side. Yeah. So it would be like a bare-ass minimum of four to five exercises per muscle group. So you would spread those sets across however many days that you're training. Now, when it comes to the exercise selection, you know, what you want to do is to keep it safe, you always want to do like a two to one ratio, pull and push. So, you know, most people will be a lot stronger with their pushing exercises, but when it comes to like their posture, you know, their glutes, their hamstrings, their back, they're not doing enough of. So you always want to be doing more exercises, which are your pulling exercises compared to your pushing exercises. And that will kind of help you prevent some injuries as well. And if you're training for weight loss and fat loss, in the training space, different rep ranges will dictate, you know, a different um, training effect. So if you're doing like low rep training, let's say five reps or lower, you're going to be developing strength. You're not going to be developing like hypertrophy, building lean muscle tissue, which helps fat loss. And also when you're doing lower reps, the time that it takes for your muscles to complete that set is a little bit lesser as well. So you know, if you're aiming for weight loss and fat loss to get your heart rate up for an extended period of time, like low reps isn't going to be the best option to begin with as well. So if I have a scenario where a client's coming in and they've taken two to three years off training and they want to lose five to 10 kilos and they're training, let's say four days per week, I would be training every muscle part, starting off with a minimum of 15 sets over the, cro- over the course of that training a week and if they're training four days i might do two upper body days two lower body days or it could be three full body days and then like one day would be like a specialty day if it was a guy it could be like arms and abs or something like that and i'd keep the rep ranges quite simple so for every exercise would be three three to four sets 10 to 12 reps and there is something called time under under tension which is the tempo of the lift so the tempo of the lift to keep that very simple is we have the eccentric portion, which is the lowering portion. So if I, if I was doing a dumbbell, if I was doing a dumbbell press or a dumbbell push, it would be three seconds down and then one second up. And by applying some tempo, we'll extend the set as well. So if you're doing, you know, 10, 10 reps with a three second tempo, that set's going to last over 40 seconds. So it's going to increase that person's heart rate. They're going to be working a little bit harder, which obviously helps their weight loss and fat loss goal like in the beginning. So when it comes to developing like your your training program, that's the way that I would like to to look at things in the beginning when it comes to just, you know, choosing the amount of exercises, how to do your training split and how to choose, you know, the reps as well. So when it comes to, I guess, rest times between exercises, then you're looking at for men when you're on like a fat loss phase, maybe 60 to 90 seconds between exercises or between sets to start off with. And then for women, they could, because women can recover faster, it could be anywhere from like 45 seconds to 60 seconds. And then as you progress and as you become more experienced, then your body will naturally require like more rest time, maybe like lower rep training, a period of lower rep training as well. So normally like when you establish that first training program, that first training program is going to last you anywhere between four, six to eight weeks and you can keep progressing like with, with that. 
For sure. I think with anything, you know, you've got to apply a stimulus. So the stimulus with nutrition is either a calorie surplus or a calorie deficit to create change. If we're just at maintenance, maintenance is definitely an underrated spot. We can definitely create change there, but it also relates to training as well. Putting your body under like time under tension as you spoke to, we need to be putting in the correct principles, I guess, to create these changes and results over time. But it's really interesting because when we go into these phases, it's we can't just stick to it the whole time because we end up plateauing, right? So yeah. I think from the perspective of no plan is fixed, what would the indications be that you're plateauing in your training look like? Yeah, if the first indicator is if you're not getting any stronger with your program, you're most likely probably getting bored mm. and you know energy levels too. Mm. So maybe you don't have a structured like deload week, you know, which means like you purposely have a week where you don't train as hard. So it's actually quite common for people to train really hard and then when they get to their fourth or fifth week into a program, they will get like depressed and that's obviously a sign of overtraining or mm. you get sick. Yeah, or neural fatigue even. I found yeah. that, yeah, in my last experience of my training block, in my, fir- in my fourth week that was meant to be my best week, my neural fatigue was insane. And it is it can be discouraging, but that's why we implement deloads because, you know, take time and stress off the body for then for it to perform again. And it's really hard, I think, mentally to probably do that, in a, especially in a fat loss phase. But it relates to nutrition as well. If we're plateauing in maybe our measurements or our weight on the scale, then that just tells us that maybe we probably need a diet break. You know, we might need to come back to maintenance. It gives us a mental break as well. So that could look going down. So you'll have a bit of a lower maintenance than when you started, but still coming back to that point and chilling out for a week or two, or even it could be a small break of three to five days will, you know, give the body a chance to rest and recover. And then when you go into it again, or even the further deficit or whatever, a different training program, that's when we see results happening again. And it's ensuring as well with fat loss. I know it's very glamorized. Like it's also, we don't want to be spending six months of the year in a fat loss phase because we're not really going to get anywhere. So it's important that you create the plan and you dip into that fat loss phase and you dip out as relatively as quickly as you can basically. Yeah, you want to do things in phases, have them like pre mm. as well. You know, no, no going in to your next first four to five weeks. Okay. I'm going to be on a, a fat loss phase. And then I'm, then for two weeks after that, I'm going to be on a, a maintenance or a surplus to give my body a bit of a rest because nutrition and um, training is all a stressor on your body, especially if you're in a calorie deficit. I think a good thing with training as well, like there's different adaptations. So, you know, when we are training for hypertrophy and fat loss, and you're doing those 10 to 12 reps, lower rest times, like it's, they call that a, a muscular adaptation. So you're going to, it applies a lot of stress to your muscles. So if you're training in those fat loss phases all the time, your muscles will get like fatigued quite a fair bit. And then it can be good to actually alternate and spend some time, maybe four to six weeks into a, a lower rep training phase, which is more neuromuscular, where you're going to be developing a lot of strength. But then when you gain some new strength, you can go back into your fat loss phases and be stronger for those types of programs as well. Yeah, for sure. And I don't think the process is obviously always linear. And I think that as we chatted to before, a lot of 
great stuff can be done at maintenance too. So although we do have the fat loss and the um, muscle building phases and they're super exciting, I think that a lot can be done and a lot physique development is done at maintenance as well. So having those three options there to dip in, dip out of or plan your year out is, yeah, it's, it's good and it's exciting for your training, I think. Yeah, so it's all about having your nutrition and your training program match what you're trying to do. Yeah, for have that, that period goal. Of time. Yeah, for sure. Have the goal, execute it, and have the plan. But also making sure that when you're entering, yeah, I think is a big thing because we often think, oh my god, the sun's coming out. I should go into a fat loss phase. And if you're not mentally ready for it or in the right mindset, you're kind of setting yourself up for to failure. So it's a lot of self recognition and knowing yourself well enough to say, is this what I truly want at this moment in time? Is this going to be the best thing for me or am I just doing it because of external um, reasons? Yeah, so taking all of this into consideration is a massive thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, one, one thing I forgot to say is one thing that you don't want to do is like have, let's say you have like a, a specific training goal, which is, you know, uh, let's say weight loss and fat loss and then you've, you've, you have your nutrition plan to match but then you don't have your training program match that too. So yes, you can still lose weight definitely by nutrition alone, but you can get faster results, more effective results if you have like all the dot points matching. So just for example, okay, you've set your 500 calorie deficit, you're eating your two grams of protein, you've got the right fat to carb ratio mix. And then with your training program, you're only doing 12 sets per muscle group and you're only training in the five rep range then like, yes, you're going to be getting a lot stronger, but you could be doing so much more for that prioritized goal of like weight loss and fat loss. Yeah. So I think having the, definitely having the mindset, having the information available for you to create the right training program is going to be like more motivating for you as well. Now you've got a lot of the ducks like lined up. You just need to like execute now. Yeah, exactly. And just circling back, just making sure that you can do it, this plan, what it's in place for so you're not doing it for the first week and giving up because it's too hard. So, yeah, as we spoke to you at the start, just setting those realistic expectations yeah, and applying the knowledge that we've all just chatted about in today's episode. Yeah, cool. Easy, guys. So thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Athletic Studio Podcast. If you'd like, give us a follow, like or share with a friend. That helps the podcast grow. So thanks so much, Gordon. Thanks, Kate. Bye. If you found this episode useful, it would mean the world to us if you shared, rated and liked this podcast. It's how we keep it alive. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Athletic Studio. We'd love to connect with you and see how your fitness and health improves with this newfound knowledge. Until next time.